it's about to go down in a minute. Let me touch down. I'ma get it. Cause I, I, I been waiting all night. It's gang time. This is game time on ESPN Central Texas. Here's Tom Barfield, Ward White. Hey, welcome. Welcome to Tuesday morning. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom, Ward, Garrett, we welcome you to the program on this Tuesday morning. Let's uh, check in. Ward, what's going on? Outstanding. Doing good? This is wild today. Yeah. It's 2-22 of 22. Mm-hmm. How about that? So write the date as many times as you can. <laughs> we have a computer program that, that we use. But it won't let me do that. It won't let me do two twenty two twenty two. It makes me do two twenty two twenty twenty two. It makes me put the into, you know all four digits of the year in. And I'm like, I don't want that zero right now. I just want twenty two. <laughs> Making me mad. Anyway, all right. So Garrett, how are we doing? I'm good. Did you go to the game last night? I did. I went over there. I went and watched. It was Marlin and Bosqueville over at Lorena. Uh, it was a really fun game. Uh, Marlin. Eventually pulled away in the second half. We're able to seal the deal, fifty nine thirty four. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, they had a it was a great crowd by both teams. Marlin really packed the house. They had uh, overflow going on to the the Bosqueville side, but it was a lot of fun, man. And now the the Bulldogs will go on and they'll face Martin Mill Martin Mills in the second round. I'm not sure where that game game is going to be played at yet, but they're going to get Martin Mills. <laughs> well. And I'm sorry, Lav. I mean, I just we just got a, a text on the CNC Collision Center text line, and it's you know, Ward had read a a little snippet uh, this morning that was kind of funny, and then Leon on the CNC Collision Center text line says, "Guys, do you think the Wisconsin coach was making fun of the Chris Weber timeout at Howard?" No, I don't. But I mean, that's some other folks have brought that up. But interesting. I want to go back to Ward because Ward is is now an, a, a mechanic. <laughs> no. On the side, and so Ward, you had a car issue this morning, right? I mean, uh, yesterday. Yes, yes and, I did. And, and it's like some sensor or something mm-hmm. on your on your vehicle. Okay, so tell me this: that now that you're a mechanic, oh no, <laughs> this started happening yesterday on my truck. Yeah, when I turn the right turn signal on, mm-hmm. it's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. When I turn the left turn signal on. It goes about 953 miles an hour. Blink, blink, blink. You know, and you, and I'm like, what's the deal? So I'd heard, well, when that happens, your your taillight's out. Well, my taillight's not out. Right. Uh, I, it just, when you turn left it, it and you put the turn signal on, it, it goes 3,000 miles an hour, the turn signal does. What? Mm-hmm. So can you explain that to me? No. Sorry. Sounds like an electrical issue. I, I'm with you, Garrett. Garrett just rolled his eyes. No, How I, can you not know that if you're a mechanic? <laughs> <laughs> well, he 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 whipped up YouTube for all his 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 goings yesterday. I absolutely did. <laughs> I don't have the patience for that. For yeah, me, no, I'm he, just like, look, I'll, I'll pay whatever you that's fix right. it. I'm not hands on with anything. My line is, I got a guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm. I can't do it. I got a guy, and I got. Hey, it I, worked out perfect. <laughs> you're my guy now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it took him 17 hours to get <laughs> one little project done. But yeah, he, it did he, take he a did. while. They saved him some money, though. Yeah, yeah. So he did it himself, worked on his worked on his highly expensive, very expensive vehicle. I mean, I, I can't believe anybody in the radio business drives that vehicle, but. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, 
wow. You know, I'm just glad mine cranks, you know. Yeah. Being in the broadcast industry. But I, wow. so, you, you know, I, I'm, so what do I do? I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I, I will tell you this my uh, dad's Tahoe does the same thing. Does it really? Yeah, and it's been doing it for a while. I don't know what causes it. Hmm. I just always thought it was like either a blinker or a tail light. That's when I go to somewhere, O'Reilly's or AutoZone, hey, let them figure it out. I, I, it's not the tail light because all the lights on on the truck work. So okay, I don't so know. so Jeff from AutoZone. There you go. He just texted. Uh, I tried to call him at AutoZone. Usually, it would be a a build. I don't know what that means. Either front or back that is out. Oh, bulb. 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 <laughs> Build. <laughs> now you see why I don't do this. Uh, a bulb. Well, I but but the bulb's not out. I mean, when I when I turned the turn signal on last night, I went and looked around the back of the Your truck. Daytime running light out. No, nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing mm-hmm. that I could see. I don't know. Jeff, we're at fifty five oh one Bosky. Oh my. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> And we're not at 55-1 Bosky, by the way, either. It'd be Bagby. Bagby. Glad <laughs> you could find us. How, <laughs> how long have I lived here? But th- it's driving me nuts. Yeah, it's it's nerve-wracking. It's an, well, it's I'm one of those weird dudes that if it's it, it's got you know it works. Okay, most people would say, "Hey, it works. Don't worry about it." Not me. I can't have one going tick 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 and the other one going tick 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 tick. Yeah, you know, that's just. My, I can't. Mm-hmm. So I got to find somebody to fix that, like ASAP, or I'll be jumping out of the truck here in a minute. I mean, it's driving me crazy. Maybe we can get that done. Drive, I may jump out while I'm while it's moving. It's I mean, <laughs> so it's just, just do like a barrel roll. It means you're old. The faster it blinks, boy, does it ever. It can blink a lot faster <laughs> than that. Way to go, Justin. Justin on the CNC Collision Center text line. All right, it is a seven oh seven, ah, and we're going to dive into this thing here in, in just a minute. Uh, but just first impressions of last night. We'll start with Ward. Uh, the the Bears going on the road and, and winning at Oklahoma State. Got off to a really really good start, um, and then Oklahoma State had enough, I guess, moxie to to come back and play that game as tight as they were able to do. And I think part of it had to do with Baylor just got a little bit tired. Uh, and, you know, they only played seven, eight guys, eight, I think. And you, you saw how difficult that is on, on a team that, you know, they, they just weren't up on their toes on defense all the time. And that's going to happen when you just don't have any depth right now. And so, I think that allowed Oklahoma to surge a little bit and able to, you know, come away with putting that game into overtime and, and having a shot at it. Uh, I think Baylor played very well there in the overtime and, and were able to get it done. But I, I still feel like that more than anything else, I don't think it was on the the performance of Baylor overall. I think it was just a, a, a lack of energy and a lack of just getting wore out. For me, it was just – the past two games have been truly gutsy performances. I, I feel like I've learned more about this Baylor team in the past two games than I have all season. Like it, when it's gut check time, they're going to step up. Uh, there's obviously, look, they're fatigued. You know, you Ward talked about it with the injuries, and when you have as LJ Cryer playing 
I mean, uh, James Akinjo playing as many minutes as he did the other night, and then turn around and you go to overtime. I mean, you're extremely gassed. You're also making the switch to to the zone, and they're still trying to figure that out. You know, so I I, I was really impressed. I mean, they went in shorthanded and got the win against the team with their full roster I, on their home court. That was that was exactly my phrase. Gut check. I mean. I think these last two wins may be as impressive as any two wins they've gotten. Mm -hmm. Hands down. Because of the situation they were in. You're right. They played six guys the other night. They played seven last night. But really, when you stop and think about it, one guy plays, what, three, four minutes, and that's about right. it. it. Really, it was a six-man rotation again. Uh, it, it was just that kind of – and you're right. Offensively, you saw a lot of stuff left at the front of the rim. Just a little short because you're tired. Yeah, I mean they're wore out. Uh, I mean you, you they you barely have a chance to get your legs under you and you're back on the floor again. You're playing Saturday Monday. Now I think they'll get a chance to 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 get a blow and and, and get a breather and 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 be ready to go uh, on Saturday night uh, for uh, for Kansas when Kansas is in town and and, and college game day is going to be here on on Saturday as well, but. I'm I'm telling and, and and Garrett to your point, look look how look how many minutes they went small where where Sohan's playing the five and I think he does a good job I he's, think he's yeah. a he, he look the the opponent's five you, you can say well maybe he may struggle a little bit you know defending a big man a true big man but a true big man's gonna is gonna struggle defending him too and you're right they went zone they went one three one a lot in the second half. Uh, so they're kind of reinventing the wheel because of some injuries, but they're pulling out stuff and doing stuff that they've done in the past. This is this is nothing new to Scott no, Drew not and his all. staff. It may be new to the, the some of these players, but for what Scott and, and the staff have done, and, and to do that midstream and to continue to win and, and to put yourself in a, in, in a great position, there's still guys in a position to win the conference championship with all of these stinking injuries. I mean, this is unheard of with as many in they got as many injuries as the football team, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but but here they sat with a position in position to win a conference championship. To me, it's just been just unbelievably impressive. And I'm with you. These last two, I don't care who's on the other side. No, it doesn't matter. It, it you know, those are two games they easily could have got beat. Uh and you wouldn't have thought a thing about it. You'd have said, Well, they're shorthanded. Yep. They're on the road and shorthanded, you know. Yep. Uh, by the way, how about those Oklahoma State students? They don't mind getting a little rowdy. That's pr pretty cool, you know. Wasn't a huge crowd. But they they but made their was, presence known. But, but I'm telling you, the students were there. They were present and accounted for. Good stuff. So we'll get into that. Uh, Shehan Jayaraja from CBS Sports is going to join us. We're going to talk about the decision not to move forward with the with the expanded playoff. Get his thoughts on that. Uh, the uh, punishment for uh, Coach Howard has been handed down by the Big Ten, and I, I want to get your your thoughts on that. Uh, we're we're going to visit. You you mentioned uh, high school basketball playoffs. Lorena won last night. They beat Mildred very handily, by the way. And, and I want to talk to Matt Jackson. We're going to talk to Matt Jackson, the uh, head coach of the Leopards. Stop and think about this. When you look at their record, I think they're like twenty one and thirteen or something. They started the season. While their football team is 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 on a roll for a state championship, so he's really playing some freshmen and some JV type players in those varsity games, hosting a tournament. Yeah, 
what did that do for those young players as they move forward into into their district race where they they you know they just had a great run in, in district play from November when they're struggling because of all their players are playing football to to today I mean so we'll talk a little bit about that uh let's see uh we'll see if there's any updates on the major league baseball conversations I don't think there was a whole lot of movement yesterday uh some minor things and some technical things and then we will we're going to try to get into that discussion about the NIL uh fellas they're going to they're going to put a committee together to see just how this thing is rolling uh, <laughs> now good luck now yeah you know the, the see they, they want to look at the positives and then they also want to look at the negatives and be looking for a while and, well <laughs> you know could we not have done this I, never mind. It, it, it's it's a strange deal. Well, <laughs> we'll talk about it. I mean, we could spend a week right now on it. At 7.13, 13 minutes after 7, this is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Anything that we discuss and you want to jump in, we'd love to hear from you. Our CNC Collision Center text line is 254-662-1660, 254-662-1660. This is game time on ESPN Central Texas. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Michael Point. Another very warm day here in our area with clearing skies and highs topping out at 83 degrees. Tonight, a very strong cold front moves through. We'll see increasing clouds dropping to 42. And tomorrow, mostly cloudy skies. On again, off again, rain with highs hovering in the upper 30s. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Nikki Collin and Baylor women's basketball all season long on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor women travel to Stillwater to take on Oklahoma State on Wednesday. 6 p.m. for the countdown to tip-off. 6.30 tip-off Wednesday for the Bears and the Cowgirls. This season, join Derek Smith and Sophia Young-Malcolm for Baylor women's basketball right here on ESPN Central Texas. At ASCO, we don't spend time getting ready, we are ready. That's what it means when we say we're on it. We're on it with dedicated service and support, rentals, sales, and delivery. We're on it with Case Construction Equipment, equipment that's powerful, efficient, and dependable. Case Equipment that can dominate a job site, endure the elements, and be up and running whenever you're ready to finish the job. At ASCO, we're on it, whatever it is. 54th District Judge Susan Kelly here. Over a year ago, I survived a rigorous application process in which I competed against other serious qualified candidates. After a thorough vetting, Governor Greg Abbott appointed me to the 54th and now endorses me because I apply the rule of law and deliver justice for all. A conservative Republican, I have managed to move the docket this past year, ensuring that every accused receives justice and if convicted, receives swift and proper punishment. Early voting has started. Please vote and keep Judge Kelly. Political ad paid for by Susan Kelly from McLennan County Judge Campaign. ProStar Rental is the number one choice for all of your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, they got you covered. Plus, their friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. They have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And they have eight locations across Texas to serve you, including locations in Waco and Belton. Visit online at ProStarRental.com for more info. ProStar Rental, they make work easier. 
The decisions made in our courtrooms have a lasting impact on all of us here in McLennan County. That's why the conservative leaders and organizations we trust are united in their support of Judge Ryan Luna. Judge Luna is endorsed by Texas Right to Life, Citizens for Pro-Life Action, Gun Owners of America, the Sheriff's Law Enforcement Association of McLennan County, several of the most conservative members of the Texas legislature, and hundreds of grassroots conservative Republicans across the county. They, like you, know that the integrity of our courts depends on electing judges who will strictly interpret the law, hand down tough sentences, and never legislate from the bench. In the March 1st Republican primary, vote for a constitutional conservative for county court at law number three. Vote for Judge Ryan Luna. Early voting ends February 25th. To learn more, visit RyanLunaTX.com. Political ad paid for by the Judge Ryan Luna campaign in compliance with the voluntary limits of the Judicial Campaign Fairness Act. Since 1978, Uncle Dan's Barbecue and Rib House has been delivering savory barbecue and delicious sides. With their two locations in Hewitt and Waco, drive through window, remodeled indoor dining space, delivery options, and new hours, Uncle Dan's is sure to be a Central Texas favorite. Specials include one meat plate with two sides for only $7.09, with beef and rib plates only a dollar more on Mondays. Buy one, get one half off for Texas taters on Tuesday, and prime beef brisket on Fridays. Come eat at this family-owned business and feel like you're right at home. Seven seventeen. Welcome back into the program. This is Game Time presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Fiat, your friend of the car business, Tom Ward and Garrett. We're glad you're with us. Uh, and we are brought to you this morning uh, in part by Good Feet, VersaLift Southwest, and by ProStar Rental. All right, uh, before we talk Baylor basketball, let's do jump on the uh, CNC Collision Center text line uh, from the 903. Uh, Mr. Howard might be suspended, and I wasn't there, but – if he was defending one of his players, that team and everyone who plays for him afterwards will go to the mat for him. But the problem is he wasn't defending the player. He was ticked off at another coach. It was two grown men uh, having a spat uh, on television in front, of, in front of everybody and absolutely, positively sending a horrendous message to their players and anybody else who's watching. I mean, that, that, and that's my take. And, you know, yet, no, we're going to do this in the next half hour uh, and, and, and get into this conversation a little bit about uh, the, the suspension and the fines and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But right now, let's do talk about the game last night. Uh, how about Adam Flagler? Let's start there. 29 points. He was 7 of 13 from the three-point from beyond the arc. 7 of 13. The rest of the team, 2 of 16. Two of 16. And this is, I mean, that's what I was talking about earlier. Look, this was a guard-oriented team that shot a lot of, of, of jump shots. Right. And, in fact, at one point was leading the country in three-point three point shots, right? And the last few ball games, for obvious reasons, they've struggled from beyond the arc. And they're going inside and getting their points in the paint. Uh, you know, last night in the paint, Baylor had 28 points. Uh, but, yeah. Flagler has seven threes. The rest of the team has two. But they find a way to get it done because they play defense, guys. I mean, they flat play defense last night. In the first half, Ward, Oklahoma State shot 50%. In the second half, they shot 34%. In overtime, they shot 33%. 
Baylor's D got better as the game unfolded. And, and is that because they went zone? It, yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh it it did give Oklahoma State some looks inside when they went to zone. They went to that one three one uh excuse me, that one three two zone in in dropping that guy back into it, but they weren't dropping him back quick enough. Uh, and so it was kind of a floating zone that they were running. But I, I think that that gave Oklahoma State a little bit of a chance. But Baylor didn't have a choice. They couldn't stay in man-to-man. They just they couldn't. Their legs were too tired. <laughs> they would not have had any legs. No, they couldn't. So, I mean, that's that's where you're at right now. But, again, they, they played good enough defense to get it done. And, you know, hats off to them finding a way to get it done. There's a lot of teams that would have folded the tent. I think they kind of got a little more comfortable with the zone as the game went on because early on when you look, I mean, they were they were playing zone in the first half as well, mm-hmm. but Oklahoma State was taking advantage of it. They were able to get, get some penetration in the lane and find the guys cutting behind the zone. They had a lot of success on pick and roll as well, and I think Baylor just kind of adapted to the speed. They, they made the adjustment as far as the angles and getting the right angles on the defensive end to cut off those passes, and I think that really benefited them in the second half. And it did. I mean, it, it took a lot of pressure off of, from a conditioning standpoint, in my opinion, by playing zone, which helped them in the end. Hey, hey look, this has been a man-to-man team un- until, what, the other night against TCU? Yeah, when so, they had to. Yeah. yeah, so they're starting to, again, adapt a little bit to to what is going on with the program. Uh, after the game, Scott Drew talking with John Morris and Pat Nunley, uh, courtside on the postgame show from uh, – from the Baylor Sports Network in Learfield, talked about the Bears' defense. You made some big defensive stops when you needed to. Huge. I mean, uh, uh, second half they shoot uh, uh, 34%, and in overtime, 33%. And uh, I thought uh, uh, a couple things. One, we only had 12 turnovers, which was phenomenal. And then the second thing is um, I thought uh, uh, Adam was hot and everybody looked to him. And, and then when he cooled off a little bit, he did a great job deferring and then – um, James really made two big jumpers, mm-hmm. and they're really uh, happy for him. And uh, um, I thought everybody, I mean, we can go up and down the list of who stepped up. And uh, how about Flo Thamba from the free throw line, baby? <laughs> <laughs> I think the stats is wrong. They got him two for three. He was three for four, correct? The uh, stat sheet does have him two for three. I don't remember, but <laughs> how about Scott Drew? Pretty excited that Flo Thamba <laughs> makes free throws. <laughs> So, and we do have a question on the CNC Collision Center text line, and this is an easy one. Uh, it, it asks, why was the Oklahoma State shot ruled no good right there at uh, at the end of regulation? It, it wasn't because it didn't go in before time expired. It did. Yeah. It's the shot clock shot that clock ex- expired. Shot clock expired before yeah. he got the shot off. But how about him throwing that thing up as a prayer, and that thing was nothing but net. And I'm like, are you kidding me? If they go look at this, it's good. And then you see the shot clock, yeah. and it clearly – is at zero before it leaves his hand. I got nervous for half a second. I was like, well, did he really just do that? But yeah, then, he you did. Know, and then I got, when Fran started talking about the shot, I was like, oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense. But, man, it was – it definitely, if you were a Baylor fan, that had to have you on your on edge. Uh, yeah, it was definitely off before the yeah. light went off. Yeah. So, it was, it, it, was, it was in regulation of the game, but the shot clock had already hit zero. So, that, that saved them. And those fans went crazy. They, they did blame not them? like. No, they didn't. <laughs> and, and you know, 
<laughs> a lot of times the PA announcer would say shot clock violation. Right. Uh, I think he just let him boo. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he got them all riled up for overtime. Uh, JR on the CNC Collision Center text line says, I agree with Garrett. Well, we're just going to stop right Thank there, you. then, JR. I agree with Garrett. Fran kept saying on TV the baseline would be open running the zone, but they guarded it better as the game went on. And they did. They did. They did. Now, that corner three, they kept leaving Ooh. open for what was his name? Timpson or whatever. Uh, Thompson. Thompson, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but in, in he. He's not exactly a three-point shooting dude, but he was last night. <laughs> hey, he's their leading scorer, so yeah, he, he you do not want the ball in his hands. So, but uh, look, heck of a win. Baylor's now twenty-one and five in overtime games during the Scott Drew era. Nineteen seasons, twenty-six overtime games, and they're twenty-one and five. So, if they can get it to to bonus minutes, they do they do pretty good. And Baylor improves to six. This is what I love. They're six and two in road games this year. The rest of the league combined is 21 and 43. 21 and 43 in Baylor is four games over 500 at 6 and 2 in road conference games. I was watching that game last night and as even before it went into overtime, I was thinking at Ward as a as a coach, sometimes it seems like it doesn't matter the the players if you're playing one team, a coach has your your angle or he knows how to counter you. It, and I feel like Mike Boynton has a good understanding like Coach Drew and Baylor always have trouble with Boynton and Oklahoma State for whatever reason. I just feel like he's a bad matchup. He can counter what Drew does better than any coach in the Big 12. Yeah, he does a good job of counteracting because you saw when they went to that zone, he yeah. immediately went to the slip pass on the inside or the pick and roll, either one, and, and was able to be successful. Also found you know the drifter on the inside coming across the lane and being able to find him on a cross pass because that lane was so wide open. Right. And that's when you saw Baylor start dropping back from that three in the middle, dropping one of them back periodically to try to engage that and stop that from happening. But, you know, he was finding little holes here and there that he could use to his advantage offensively. And the other thing is he didn't panic. Nope. They went five minutes into that game and not scoring. You know, you start trying to change your offense and start trying to do a lot of things if you, sometimes you're a coach and – he didn't. He stayed within his offense. He kept saying, okay, they're not there right now, but they'll get there. Stay within yourself. And that's what got them back into the ball game. A lot of teams would started trying to do something else, trying to run the floor faster or just trying to get those transition buckets a little bit quicker. And he didn't do that. I, You know, hats off to him staying inside his game plan. But you're right. He does match up well. He does. I did not realize this. Baylor has won seven straight in Stillwater. Seven Straight. They they are now nine and two uh, at OSU since twenty twelve. Nine and two. And in their last fifteen matchups, Baylor's twelve and three against the Cowboys. Twelve and three against the Cowboys since twenty sixteen. But seven straight on the road That's anywhere impressive. is impressive. It is. Now again, uh I, I would assume that you know, you, you give them a little breather here, let them get their legs back under them as you get ready for uh for what could be for the conference championship against Kansas on Saturday. I'm not saying that it is, uh, but a win goes a long way in winning, and a loss would would you know would go a long way in, in not winning it because you, you're you're it's crunch time now uh, when it comes to to these conference titles. And how important is winning the conference championship? Other than hey, look, you set out to win every game you go play, and <sighs> does it move you back off the two line to the one line if you're the conference champion in this league? Does it put you back in a one spot? 
I mean, do you flip with Kansas if you win the conference championship? Kansas right now is on the one line. You're on the two line. That's no. a good question. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. If you're better than Kansas and win the title, you're not flipping with them. I, I don't think so. I don't think at that point when you get to the when you get to the conference tournament, I I don't know that a whole lot of positioning is going to change no matter what you do if you're already a one, two, or three seed. I don't think you move up or move down no, a whole lot. I, I'm talking about the regular season championship. I'm talking about th- this regular season prior to going into the tournament in Kansas City. If Baylor wins Saturday and, and they go on and win the conference championship, you're the regular season conference champion. Are you now back on the one line? Well, I don't know. You go from a three to a one because there are three right now. No, there are two. Well, everything I'm seeing, they're, they're – The mean, NCAA I know. has them as a two, the, okay. one, the one that – Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they do that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Good question. I, I'm just curious. If you – so what, I guess what I'm getting at, other than, you know, the, the, the fact that you're, you're the conference champion, what else is at stake in that situation? I don't know that there's a ton, but, it, again – Would it change it, their region then? If they go to a one, would they switch with Kansas in the region? So no, they I, wouldn't. So. I, I don't think so. I think – I mean, why <laughs> would you jump the, the, the yeah. one seed in your region? Yeah, that's a good – yeah. Because you just won the championship and they didn't. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, and again – What if they did? Huh? Who, who's the one seed in theirs? Uh, in the South? Yeah, it's Arizona right now. Well, they're, they're going to win, win their conference championship. Yeah. Well, yeah. Denver, yeah, Denver UCLA. I mean, and you could. It could move you It could move you to the Midwest or whatever. I, I, I mean, no, I don't know. I, I don't know how that works. I mean, we got a long way to – we got, what, three weeks to go, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I'm just curious what – you know – if you win the championship, do you come off the two line and back? Because you were on the one line for the majority of this season. Everybody yeah. had you as a one. You were the one in the south. You were a one in the south, and then you went what six and five over your last eleven, mm-hmm. and you follow the two line. But if they win the championship, the regular season championship, does that change? Does that change the NCAA's view? I, I have no idea. I, yeah, I, I, I don't trust the NCAA, so <laughs> I don't think that they would do that. But if you're talking about body of work and they're able to overcome those, I could see the resume saying, yeah, it makes sense to do it. Does the NCAA actually pull the trigger and do that? I doubt it. See, I do. I, I mean, if, if – why would you not if you – you know, if, they don't make logical decisions. If your resume is better – well, I know. I mean, you, you – look, we talked about Texas Tech on the three line yesterday. Uh, which is, uh, you know, I still think that's a little strange. So I'm just, again, just asking the question, just curious, does it change? Does It, it clearly doesn't change y'all's thinking of where they belong. So are the, right now, at, as a two as a two in the South, are you are you okay with that? Are you comfortable with that? I am. I, I yeah. think, yeah. Today I am. But I'm telling you, at the end of the day, Saturday, if, if, if you know, if, <laughs> well, we also – it's more than just Baylor and Kansas, right? Because Kansas still has to play Tech again. No, no, I get they? it. I so, totally get it. But so, I mean, I don't I, – I think right, you just got to take care of business if you're Baylor and not worry about seeding and just let that play itself out and then just determine – because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you do in conference play. It matters what you do in March. So if you can get healthy, take a couple of L's. And I, I've been saying that for three weeks now. I, you know, I, Take a couple more losses. Get bounced out of the, the conference championship early – and stay healthy for March. But, Garrett, it does – I, I agree with you. It doesn't – the regular season doesn't doesn't determine your postseason, but it does determine who you're going to play 
in those early in those early uh, tournament games. And look, I, I, I think I, as long as you stay a two or three seed, you're, you're fine. Good. Hey, you're going to be in good shape. But I, I, I think I'd much rather be be that one or that two as opposed to a two or a three. I mean, it, you know, so we're, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. 732, this is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. We're going to talk with Shehan Jayaraja from CBS Sports. We're going to do that next here on ESPN Central Texas. Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Mac Rose joining us, director of athletics at Baylor. He wants to be here, and uh, I, I certainly think we're, we're blessed that, that he's our head coach. Okay, I interpret all that you just said is an eight-year deal. Okay, that's kind of what I'm going with. Mm, <laughs> might be on to something. <laughs> okay, good, good. My instincts are, are on. The Matt Mosley Show, weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. With tax season approaching, are you wondering how new laws could affect your financial portfolio? I'm Joe Kaleo of the Kaleo Wealth Management Group. If you're unsure about the effect tax legislation could have on your wealth, we can help you develop a plan that withstands change no matter what the season. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. Show returns Saturday, March 5th, and Sunday, March 6th at the Harker Heights Event Center off Edwards Drive. The Real Texas Gun Show is proud to be a place where small mom and pop vendors share the floor with large dealers that buy, sell, and trade firearms at our shows. They have plenty of guns of all types and ammo to go with it. The variety at the shows is extensive, and oftentimes, if they don't have it, they don't make it. The Real Texas Gun Show is so much more than just guns. You'll also find hunting gear, fishing gear, camping supplies, collectibles, and much, much more. So come on down to the Real Texas Gun Show March 5th, 9 to 5, and March 6th at the Harker Heights Event Center. Hello, I am Dennis Wilson, and I want your vote for March 1st for the Texas State Representative District 13. After serving the people of Texas for 46 years in county government, it is time for me to serve you at the state level. As a Republican candidate, I will work full-time to protect and preserve our rural Christian way of life in Texas by supporting our public schools, advocating for mental health services, protecting our Second Amendment rights and the unborn, eliminating drug and human trafficking, and securing our borders. Together, we can make Texans safe and secure again. Political ads paid for by the Dennis Wilson campaign. Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they'll also come to you for car pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty. CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville, at cccollisioncenter.com and on Facebook. Searching for popular jewelry at affordable prices? Do yourself a favor and check out Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. They have a large selection of men's and women's gold, silver, and stainless steel jewelry, including rings, necklaces, chains, bracelets, and earrings, plus jewelry for the Western crowd and biker enthusiasts. Financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118 to 22462. Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update brought to you by ASCO Equipment in Belton off I-35. On it with Case Construction Equipment, whatever the job is. Baylor improved to 23-5 with a 66-64 overtime win at Oklahoma State. The Bears host Kansas this Saturday. 
Michigan basketball coach Juwan Howard has been suspended five games and fined $40,000 for punching a Wisconsin assistant coach after a 15-point loss to the Badgers. Lorena opened by district with a 67-48 win over Mildred. Conley, West, Marlin, and Crawford also advanced to the boys' area round. Bad weather expected on Wednesday has caused Baylor and UTA to play their softball game in Arlington today at 6. Baylor baseball is on the diamond in Waco tonight against Houston Baptist at 6.30. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Let's get the latest on college football with Shahan Jayaraja from CBSSports.com on ESPN Central Texas. Seven thirty-six. Welcome back into the program. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas, and we welcome into the program from CBSSports.com, Shahan Jayaraja. Shahan, good morning. How are you? We appreciate your time this morning. Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. All right, we're going to talk football in a minute because that is the that is the reason we uh, we asked you to do this. But guess got to get your thoughts first of all on your alma mater last night. What a gut check win for for the Bears in Stillwater. You know, it's crazy. Uh, over the last month or so since LJ Cryer's been out, you know, it's really felt like Baylor hasn't been an awesome basketball team. Obviously, dealing with so many injuries, losing everyday John, losing Adam Flagler for a lot of the last month too. And they just keep finding ways to win. I, I mean, it's really impressive in my opinion. And, and you know, to, to see a team that, again, still isn't healthy as yet, still, you know, you, you have James Akinjo still dealing with injuries, still having Adam Flagler just coming back from injury. I, I mean, I think it has to make you really optimistic about what this team can be long-term. You know, we're starting to see some of these younger guys grow up, like Jeremy Sohan, Kendall Brown. And, and I think that down the road, while obviously it's been a little bit of a struggle at times throughout the last month, I really think that this is going to benefit them heading into March, uh, just having the, that kind of depth, having the ability to really pull anybody off the bench. So a uh, very impressive win, in my opinion. I mean, the thing with the Big 12 this year is that when you win on the road in this conference, it's a quartile one win. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Uh, and they were able to do that last night. And now they'll they'll get a chance to rest a little bit before welcoming Kansas into, into, uh, into Waco. Uh, on Saturday night and you know we were talking uh, in our last segment that again there's a lot of basketball still to be played here over the last few weeks but this could go a long way in determining the conference championship this Baylor Kansas matchup Baylor right now sitting on the three line it, it does a win or on the two line rather does a win a conference championship in your opinion put them back on the one line and does it matter if they're a one or a two in your opinion I don't think it matters that much. Uh, I think that the gap between the one seeds and the two seeds this year aren't that great. I, I mean, I think that there are certain teams maybe that you'd want to avoid maybe as a one seed heading into the tournament. But, I mean, the reality is, right, if you're a one seed or if you're a two seed, you have a great chance of making the Elite Eight. And, and in my opinion, that's kind of the goal. I, I think that you really want to try to position yourself as a team in the Elite Eight and kind of go from there. You know, making a Final Four is something that just kind of happens. A lot of one and two seeds don't make the Final Four. So I think that as long as you're a two seed, I think you're, you're still in a great position. And, again, this is going to be very fluid. There are going to be a lot of teams that – have difficult conference championships uh, up ahead. I think that certainly winning the Big 12 would be a huge step towards earning a one seed, but I don't think it's especially necessary. And just because uh, the league has been so difficult, I don't know whether that's necessarily going to be enough to get a one seed. College football playoff not expanding until at least 2026. How disappointing is that for everybody other than the ACC? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely a strange decision because we've been going at this conversation for months at this point. And, you know, talking to Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big 12, he's expressed a lot of optimism that he, he thought that it was just going to happen. I, I mean, the reason that they announced it is because they kind of thought that it was only going to need to be rubber stamped. But, you know, this is something that I don't think that we talked about enough, which is, you know, personalities in the room really does play a factor in how these things happen. I mean, these are out of these five major college or major conference rather commissioners, three of them are new. Three of them are brand new. You know, it's just Bob Bowlesby and Greg Sankey who are uh, kind of the old guard still in that room. And they're the ones who immediately agreed. So I don't think it's a coincidence that you have all these new faces and all these new personalities and, and people who maybe don't know each other very well as yet. And we're not having these kinds of things figured out. Uh, you know, you mentioned the ACC. That seems to be the major party who is holding things up. Uh, you know, they brought up issues of player safety just with the number of games, which I think is an issue that can be resolved relatively easily. Um, but, you know, with this alliance structure, there's been a lot of pushback from them uh, to try to push it past 2025. Now, I do think that the one reason that they really, really emphasize wanting to push it until the next contract is so that they can ensure that they can take this college football playoff to market. Uh, so that uh, so that it's not just ESPN bidding on the product so that every network can get involved potentially. But it still is, I think, an inhibitor for the sport. And I think certainly if you look at the Big 12, I mean, I think the Big 12 is one of the big losers of them not expanding at this time. Because if you have a couple years of being guaranteed a spot in the college football playoff, I think that it really makes it easier to kind of think about the Big 12 as a power conference setting forward. Now, I think that the Big 12 is going to be fine. I think that they're going to have a couple of years to be able to prove that anyway. But I, I think that having that assurance of being consistently one of the top six conferences would have been nice regardless. Shayhan, I know for me, I, I feel like every year there's only like two or three teams that legitimately have a chance of winning a national championship. And so I don't necessarily think that college football playoff expansion is going to help anything with that. Um, but with NIL, does that does that create more parity? Am I wrong? What are your thoughts on the college football playoff expansion as far as in the amount of teams who legitimately have an opportunity? Sure. Well, let's take a year like this year, right? I mean, there were two, three teams that legitimately had a chance to win the national championship. I don't think it's usually going to be more than that. I mean, we haven't really had a year since 2014 where there's been 100% more than four teams who quote-unquote could have won a national championship. But I think that that kind of misses the point, you know, because, for example, right, we don't go into the NFL playoffs and think, you know, we should only put two teams because they're the two best teams in the, in the NFL, right? We, we don't do that with the NBA. I think that the big thing that we have to think about from a college football playoff perspective is that it's an entertainment product. And, you know, when you have only four teams, when you have such a consolidation, not just of the teams that are going to have a chance to play for a national championship or, or the, the number of teams who will win a national championship, but the consolidation of the number of teams that could conceivably play for a national championship, I think that really hurts the sport because it means that, you know, you have this focus on this year-end product, but then 120 teams in the country will never have an opportunity to be a part of that product. I think that that hurts the, the, the product a lot. I think it hurts college football a lot. I think, you know, the, the great thing about college football is how top to bottom the sport is. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that UTEP is going to make the college football playoff. I'm not saying that, you know, Hawaii is going to make the college football playoff. But I think that when you open the door to something like 12 teams, it really does open the sport in a big way. It does mean that if you're in the Sun Belt, you can make the college football playoff. It does mean if you're Baylor, if you're TCU, if you're one of these, 
you know, if you're a mid-tier Big 12 team, if you're a lower-tier ACC team, there's a chance that you can at least make this big dance. And, and yes, you won't win a national championship more likely than not, but I think that you just look at what Cincinnati was able to, to do this year in terms of entering the conversation. I think that that matters a whole lot. So really, at the end of the day, to me, it's not that I think that the, the people who win national championships are going to be different. It's more that, you know, if we're going to have this central sort of system, you know, that we're all aiming towards at the end of the year, I think more people need to be involved for the health of college football. Visiting with uh, Shehan Jayaraja from CBSSports.com. Shehan, does it change recruiting? If we had 12 teams and kids that find playing for a championship is important, does it maybe open up and change where these kids go and maybe create a more competitive balance in time? Oh, I mean, I, I think that you just need to look back at the class of 2020 to, to answer that question because there were three quarterbacks from Southern California, all within 100 miles of USC, uh, C.J. Stroud, D.J. Uyengalele, and Bryce Young, all superstar quarterback recruits. And all three of them said, I did not want to consider USC or any of the schools in the Pac-12 or California because I don't think I can win a national championship there. And so they went to Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. So I think that if you have a team that will be able to compete for the college football playoff closer to home, I think it becomes a lot more attractive. You know, we've been talking about this sort of existential issue of, of players leaving the state of Texas, for example. Uh, you know, Quinn Ewers gave a quote last year that said that he went to Ohio State instead of Texas because he wanted to compete for championships. And I think that the, the situation where you have, you know, a Baylor, a TCU, where you have a USC, where you have an Oregon, where you have a, a Stanford, who are teams that are able to compete to make the college football playoff, I think it absolutely changes the game. Because, you know, every kid wants to be drafted into the NFL, and there's no better way to be drafted into the NFL than to play in big-time games that people are watching. I mean, I think that one guy who really benefited from this a lot last year was Ahmad Gardner, the cornerback from Cincinnati. He really became the talk of college football in a lot of ways because he kind of proved that he was one of the best cornerbacks, if not the best cornerback in the entire nation, and now he's going to be a top 15 draft pick. So I think that it definitely changes the way that, uh, that recruiting is done. If you feel like you don't need to be part of one of four teams, to make the college football playoff. And I think that, uh, that again, long-term, that's better for the sport. And I think also for the kids, it's best. Because, you know, you, I think that it's better to be a big-time player. It's better to be a star and have the opportunity to, to really stand out on a team uh, and have good film than it is potentially to just be kind of another guy on a team that, uh, that's going to compete for the national championship. Doesn't the NIL make that gap wider, though? I think it's, it's too early to say because the reality is too, right? I mean, there are going to be guys like we talked about Bryce Young last year. Bryce Young signed NIL deals that cleared seven figures. Well, the reality is for everybody else, it's not necessarily that amount of money. Now, I mean, it, it's a significant amount of money, but it's not necessarily that much money. And so, you know, I'll take, for example, that that Texas campaign that they have going on right now to basically funnel money to their offensive linemen. I mean, the reality is, you know, $50,000 is a lot of money. I'm not, you know, disparaging that at all, but it's less than if they were to become an NFL draft pick, right? It's less than if they were to become a first rounder. It's less than if they were able to stick in the league for 10 years and be prepared for that. And so I think that there's definitely some short-term gain from that. But long-term, if, if these Texas linemen don't get developed, if they don't get put into the NFL, if they don't get drafted, if they don't stick, I, I mean, that's way more money that they're costing themselves 
by going to Texas than whatever payment that they might have gotten to be able to go there. So I think it's a little bit of a mixed bag. And I mean, the other thing too, right, is that Texas took five, six, something like that linemen in this class. I mean, not all of them are going to stick around. Not all of them are going to start at Texas and a bunch of them are going to end up transferring for better opportunities. So I think that it'll be a little bit of a short-term hit as, you know, as, as schools try to funnel money like that. But I mean, I don't think that this is necessarily different than what's existed in all of college football. And, and historically, we haven't had this issue. And I think that actually the transfer portal in some ways then opens up the game for these players to have more opportunities and for uh, some of the programs that maybe can't compete on the NIL front to still have opportunities to get some of these players. Do you think this is really the, the best opportunity or what everybody's been waiting for over the past decade or so for programs like Texas, USC, Miami, who – we know we're great at one point in time, but it fell off. Is this the way to kind of revive those and get them prog- those programs off of life support? I mean, I think that there's a lot more that needs to happen than, than NIL. I, I mean, the reality is, right, that Texas had back-to-back top three recruiting classes under Tom Herman, and this class wasn't top three, you know? So, I mean, so Tom Herman had that level of recruiting. That hasn't been the issue. It's been performance. It's been development. It's been cohesion. And I think that that's still, you know, we kind of have to still wait and see on that front for a school like Texas or like Miami. Now, USC, I mean, USC has a proven coach in Lincoln Riley. He has proven recruiting. And and I think that he has much more of a vision for the program. But, you know, I think that for these other programs that maybe have been waiting a while, even the Florida State of the world, for example, I mean, I think it's, it's still you're dealing with some of the same issues. Again, recruiting has not been the primary issue at most of these places. It's really been uh, kind of cohesion top to bottom. It's been putting together a good staff. It's been having a vision for the program. It's been, you know, just doing innovative things on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And so that's going to define more, I think, whether Texas can come back or whether Miami can come back than anything that they can do from a player acquisition perspective. Why is it so difficult for programs to not look at what Clemson did with Dabo, look what Mac Rhodes is doing here in Waco, and just be patient with these guys and let them establish something. You know, that's that's the funny thing, right? I mean, I think that in a lot of ways, right, especially for some of the people who who really do run programs in a lot of ways, it's about ego, right? I mean, if, you, if you're a Texas booster, if you're somebody who gives a lot of money to the program, the reason that you do that is because you want to have access. You want to be in the room. You want the prestige of being a big deal when you walk into the University of Texas. And I think that one thing, I mean, just to, to make the comparison to Baylor, I think one thing that stands apart is, you know, having somebody who is a strong leader like Macro, and having somebody who can, can kind of say, look, you can give us their money, but that doesn't mean we're going to sell the program to you. You know, you're not just going to be able to come in and say whatever you want, do whatever you want. Uh, you know, and I think that I think that one thing that gets underrated about Nick Saban is that, you know, Alabama used to be one of those programs, too, where there's a lot of voices in the room, and they got unified behind a specific guy. And Nick Saban kind of tells them, it's not going to be like that. You can't tell me what to do. Or you're not going to get unlimited access to me. And I think that it sometimes takes that right coach. And I think Mac Brown, for example, was that coach at Texas where you're able to come in and, uh, and keep everybody happy, but also be like, you know, leave me alone to some extent because I'm trying to coach football too. You know, and I think that it sometimes takes that. So different programs have just different dynamics from that perspective. I mean, University of Texas is the University of Texas, and, and there's a reason for that. So I think that, you know, more than anything else, it's going to take somebody who can pull things together uh, and, and tell kind of the people outside of the room that they need to stay outside of the room as well. Final thought for you, and, and I'm going to go back to the playoff. Uh, and again, the CFP has said that uh, there will be no change until 2025, the end of the TV contract. 
any way that changes? It, it, do the, is there any way to go back and revisit this and, and get this figured out before the end of the TV contract in 2025? I don't think so. You know, one thing that I heard when, when I was talking to some of the Jayhan, that, that is happened. not the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I understand. I, I do think that there's going to be continual conversation on this. I do think that we're going to have a system in mind well before that 2026 season. But again, I think that the real push from the ACC and the Big Ten is to try to keep that TV contract away from ESPN. Because I think that they see that the way that sort of uh, the SEC's relationship with ESPN has really dominated the sport in a lot of ways. I think they want NBC and Fox and CBS and Amazon and Google and whatever else to, to bid on this and, and kind of take away some of that center of power from ESPN. I mean, the first the first 12 years of this college football playoff have been an ESPN production, and I don't think that that's been a net positive for these other conferences. And so I, I think that's going to be a big part of the negotiations. I think that's a big part of why it's being pushed past 2025. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, I, I think that I think they're going to expand. I mean, everybody's unanimous that they want to expand. I think it's probably going to be 12 teams, but there's just so many steps uh, on the way to get there that I don't think it's going to happen before 2024. Hey, what are you working on for CBSSports.com right now? You know, it's, it's kind of a quiet season for us right now. We have some uh, some recruiting commit stories coming up, but uh, otherwise, you know, just being responsive to the news and to, and getting ready for the start of training camp as well. Jayhan, as always, it is a pleasure, man. We do appreciate your time today. And thank you so much for having me. Talk to you soon. Shehan Raja. I, I love I loved getting him on the program and getting that perspective. Good stuff there. It's at 7.53. This is Game Time presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, your friend of the car business. And uh, we will talk about NIL a little bit more. We'll do it next right here on ESPN Central Texas. Recently on Game Time. We are joined by Josh Neighbors from the podcast Locked on Big 12. I think Chris Beard is right when he says this is life. This is what happens. Things change. I think the fans are right to be mad at him because there's arguments that Texas Tech is a better basketball situation than Texas is. I think everybody here has a claim that they're right about, and I thought it made for an awesome atmosphere. Game Time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Waco Tacos in downtown Waco and Union Hall introduces their new craveable taco of the month. The Nashville Hot Chicken Taco. Crispy fried chicken, Nashville hot sauce, cabbage slaw, and chipotle mayo on a fresh flour tortilla. It's spicy, savory, and delish. Hurry into Waco Tacos at Union Hall at 720 Franklin Avenue in downtown Waco or call us at 254-340-1700. Waco Tacos in downtown Waco. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Cold weather is here, and so is time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They offer 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Call Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate at 254-301-7760 or check them out on the web at UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. 
Why do liberals hate Josh Tetons? Is it because Josh Tetons is the most conservative candidate in the race for district attorney? Maybe it's because Josh Tetons has the unanimous support of law enforcement organizations in McLennan County, including endorsements from Sheriff Parnell McNamara, the Waco Police Association, and the Sheriff's Law Enforcement Association of McLennan County. It could be because Josh Tetons is the only candidate for district attorney who has pledged to fight the radical left's effort to defund the police and turn our streets into a war zone. Or maybe it's because Josh stands strong for election integrity and prosecuting election fraud in our county. So why do liberals hate Josh Tetons? Because he's a strong conservative Republican. In the Republican primary, send a message that we support law and order conservatives here in McLennan County. Vote for Josh Tetons for district attorney. I'm Josh Tetons, the conservative Republican candidate for McLennan County District Attorney. And I approve this message because it's time we had a district attorney who supports law enforcement in our county. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update brought to you by ASCO Equipment in Belton off I-35. On it with Case Construction Equipment, whatever the job is. Baylor improved to 23-5 with a 66-64 overtime win at Oklahoma State. The Bears host Kansas this Saturday. Michigan basketball coach Jawan Howard has been suspended five games and fined $40,000 for punching a Wisconsin assistant coach after a 15-point loss to the Badgers. Lorena opened by district with a 67-48 win over Mildred. Conley, West, Marlin, and Crawford also advanced to the boys' area round. Bad weather expected on Wednesday has caused Baylor and UTA to play their softball game in Arlington today at 6. Baylor baseball is on the diamond in Waco tonight against Houston Baptist at 6.30. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Seven fifty-seven. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. John's coming up in a few minutes with today's Baylor Sports Beat program. What we were just talking with Shayhan guys uh, about uh, uh, several things, obviously, uh, but a lot to do with college football. But here's the deal: after one season of college athletics being allowed to profit, athletes rather being allowed to profit off of their name, image, and likeness, the NIL deal, the NCAA announced that they they will uh, begin to review NIL policies. <laughs> Yeah, my, hmm. my thought exactly. The uh, board of directors met uh, virtually this past week and uh, and formed a task force, the uh, Division One Council, with a review of how the NIL policies, or lack thereof, have affected athletes, school choice, transfer opportunities, academics, and their mental health. They, uh, bottom line is they say that they want to preserve the positive aspects of the new policy while reviewing whether anything can be done to mitigate the negative ones. Uh, <laughs> a little late to the party. Yeah, huh? well, I mean, the genie's out of the bottle. That's that's exactly right. In a news release, the board cited concerns about potential violation of NCAA recruiting rules. You think? You think somebody's out there? Yeah, come on. How can you be? How, how can you be in charge of something? And just be so negligent about a situation, especially this important. The representation for athletes as they broker these deals, booster involvement, as well as schools being involved in potentially arranging deals for incoming players. Sorry, it's happening every single day. And Ward, I'll begin with you. You coached at the collegiate level. You can't put this genie back in the bottle, can you? No, there's no way. I I, I don't I don't know what you're gonna have to do. Um, 
they may try to set regulations on how much, but I, I don't know that you can even do that. How now. do you police that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's so it's 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 going to return, going to excuse me, remain to be the wild wild west, and the rich are going to get richer, and you know, the the poor are going to you know struggle along as best they can. I I it just I look when you have the big boosters that can get involved in it and throw the as much cash as they want to throw at it well good luck and it's, it's the not booster gonna, it's not the school yeah bull, bull, it, bull, it, bull. it's it's gonna be you know i i guess you're gonna have to eventually gonna have to find you know hire a coach and a, an assistant coach to go find a way to navigate and find some money out there for your nil so what happens when one of these kids doesn't do their taxes right or something. I mean, is that going to come back on them? Is that going to come back on the or, the the university? That's is that on coming the back on the booster? That's on the kids. Like you have there's you can't do that. I mean, but you got to educate the these people. It, they don't care. That's ridiculous. It's not, it, it's not going to matter. All they want to do is, hey, look what we did. Look what look how much money we flew at this, and, and, and we're responsible for this. And to your point, schools have already done that. They have they have a division where they're finding the NIL possibilities for, for these kids, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're helping these kids arrange these NIL. Absolutely. I mean, so that's going it's on. It's a benefit. So, But here's my deal. If the NCAA in this committee, if they say, you know what, the X, Y, and Z are incorrect, and it really has got to change for the benefit and the betterment of, the, of, of, of college football, if they enact – those pro, you know, something to do that. Guess what's coming next? A lawsuit. I well, mean, and, and they and they'll pile up. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what you can do right now without it, the agreement of all e of them. Even if the lawsuit, you know, that now that they know the avenue to get it done, it'll just go back under the table. I mean, it's not. Yeah. It's yeah, not going good away. Point. Good point. Not going away now. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I mean, there's more questions in college football right now than answers. Unfortunately, this is a bad move. All right, so a little. Uh, it's time now for the uh, for the uh, Baylor Sports Beat program. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. This is the Baylor Sports Beat, a daily look inside Baylor athletics. Now here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi everybody, it's time for a check of Baylor athletics on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, a heart-stopping overtime win for Baylor basketball on the road in Stillwater. Plus, Baylor baseball back in action tonight. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Not only will you find an award-winning dealer at Allen Samuels, but you'll also find some great award-winning products. The 2021 Ram brand ranked number one automotive brand on J.D. Power's initial quality study. The 2021 Dodge brand ranked number two behind Ram and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator named highest quality midsize truck. Alan Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco, where we deliver quality. Come by. Let's be friends. Baylor Bear Baseball tonight here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. 
Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Now back to today's Baylor Sports Beat. Here again is the voice, John Morris. Five seconds to go. Rondell Walker, likely for three. Shot is no good. Bears win. Bears win in overtime over Oklahoma State. 66-64, the final score. What a win for the Bears on the road in Stillwater tonight. That's the way things ended last night in Stillwater in overtime, courtesy of the Baylor Sports Network from Learfield. The Bears playing shorthanded again, got a career high tying 29 points from Adam Flagler and two big buckets and an assist from James Akinjo in overtime to win in Stillwater over the Cowboys, 66-64 the final score. After the game, we visited with Bears head coach Scott Drew. Oh, coach, what a game. What a win on the road. Yep. <laughs> and you know, uh, uh, everybody's tired, but we said we'd stay as long as we need to to get that dub. And uh, uh, so proud of the team second half because uh, when you battle fatigue, you know, it leads to mental mistakes. It leads to some plays that you probably don't make. And then uh, it leads normally to frustration. I thought the first three medias, we were great. And then we got out of kilters a little bit, credit them. And uh, second half, we really got back to the defense. And um, good old curveball, that zone, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Threw the zone at him, and it worked. Man. Scott Drew following last night's 66-64 overtime win over Oklahoma State in Stillwater. With the win, the Bears now 23-5 on the season. They are 11-4 in Big 12 conference play. Now with some much-needed rest this week before hosting Kansas on Saturday evening in the Farrell Center. And remember, ESPN's College Game Day in the Farrell Center on Saturday morning. Meanwhile, the Baylor women headed to Stillwater. They'll play the Cowgirls coming up tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, here in Gallagher-Iba Arena. Baylor baseball in action tonight. 6.30, first pitch, hosting Houston Baptist University at Baylor Ballpark. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow. I'm John Morris. Scott Brew and the national champion Baylor Bears here on ESPN Central Texas. The Bears back home in the Farrell Center Saturday for a matchup with the Kansas Jayhawks. 6.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 7 p.m. tip-off Saturday for Baylor and KU. The home of the defending Big 12 and national champion Baylor Bears, ESPN Central Texas. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. All right, welcome back into the program. This is Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas, presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, your friend in the car business. Tom, Ward, Garrett, we're glad you're with us on this Tuesday morning. Uh, the uh, the girls in, in, in playoffs, I think, what are to the regional quarterfinal round. The boys got rolling. Uh, started Some started last night. Some will play tonight. Lorena and Mildred got together last night, and the Leopards beat the Eagles 67-48 to in the Class 3A by district matchup that was played over at Midway High School. And we're joined by Lorena head coach Matt Jackson. Matt, good morning. How are you? Congratulations. Hey. 
appreciate it. Good morning. So it's always good to talk to you guys. Hey, so walk me through this uh, and just what a what a unusual journey your basketball team has been on because of the success that the football team had. Obviously, in November and December, you did not have the majority of your players. They're playing, you know, for a state championship for Ray. Uh, and just, you know, just where you were then and where you are now, just kind of the journey uh, for this season, because it certainly was different. Yeah, it's definitely a tale of two different seasons. You know, we've got – we uh, we had about five of our varsity kids that were with us um, November and December, and we had uh, six that were out there on the football field. And uh, and so these guys that were in here in the gym, I mean, they were working hard. A lot of really good experience for them uh, to get to go play a lot of minutes that I think has helped build some depth so when the football guys did get over here – um, we were in we were in a good spot, and so but those guys showed up on December 18th, and um, you know, and it was it's something I've never been been a part of before, and not really knowing what to do, and uh, so we um, went through a couple different type of phases. You know, the first thing we needed to do is we had to teach them, uh, you know, how to how to hold a ball that's a little different shape than what they've been holding since <laughs> August, and uh, and so and get them in shape and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's definitely been something that we've been able to see the guys get better. Um, and you're learning a lot of stuff through district play. So that was something that was tough but very beneficial. For you as a coach, for your staff, and, and for the kids that were uh, that were there from, from the get-go, you went ahead and played your schedule. You went ahead and hosted your tournament. You proceeded as if everything was was just, you know, for lack of a better term, normal. Did that benefit you that you went ahead and did all of those things and continued with the program as if – as if you had your your entire roster? Yeah, I, I definitely think it did. I mean, we're always going to play tough schedule. We're going to go play guys. And, um, you know, we always have that next man mentality, you know, next man up kind of mentality around here. So, I mean, you got to control what you can control. And right now, um, you know, we're missing some guys. and uh, But that doesn't change what our goal is of getting better every single game and every possession. And so um, I think it definitely is very beneficial. Um, again, we talked about just building some depth. And these guys got a lot of really good experience. They're playing some big five A's. I played a big six A um, in Decatur. I mean, it's just a lot of really good experience for them. So yeah, we're going to just go on like normal and um, you know just control what we can control. Coach, do you think it may have been a benefit also for your team right now instead of maybe peaking at the wrong time that maybe you're peaking at the right time because of everything you went through and, and now that you're in the playoffs, you have an opportunity to to really start making a surge now. That's actually that's a really good point. I called um, uh, Tyler Helm. He's a coach up in Idaho, and you know Idaho is known for having some football uh, champions championships around him. And so I called and asked him how he handled that situation. And he told me that exact scenario one year. His basketball team they won a state championship, and he thought that um, you know they peaked right at the right time. So I walked off the floor this past week um, on Thursday. And I was like, I think we are finally hitting our stride. You're starting to see everything kind of go smooth. And uh, normally you you get a lot of learning and, and things in December that we were experiencing in January. And so we walked off the floor in February and like, okay, I think we're, we're ready to go and we're hitting our stride. Coach, uh, in the playoffs you're going to face teams that come at you strong throughout the game and they're going to go on runs. And last night Mildred attempted to come back against y'all and they closed the gap a little bit. How impressive was it for you to see your defense step up and just cut them off right there in the fourth quarter? Oh, really, really important. I think they got it to 10 um, at one point there late. And, you know, and that's, that was a really, really good Mildred team, very well coached and very young. 
uh, you know, so we called a timeout. And we just talked to those guys. We said, hey, we got to win this possession, and we'll worry about the next one next time. But, you know, let's just build on top of possession by possession. And those guys locked in, and, uh, you know, and they got stops when they needed to. Um, it was very, very encouraging. There's a lot of things that we've got to fix. We've got to get back in the gym today and fix uh, to be prepared for for the next opponent. But really, really proud of those guys. You know, the defensive end is our, um, you know, it's kind of what we're all about around here. And so we take a lot of pride in those guys. Um, they did that last time. Do you scout tonight the Crockett-Rogers game, or, or are you familiar with Rogers a little bit? Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be there and uh, watching that game and Brian and uh, seeing, you know, who we got. And it's going to be a tough matchup. I think it's, uh, you know, it's really good. Um, I think Rodgers is very similar to us. And just kind of seeing what their game plan is going to be. And I don't know. I don't know who's going to win that ball game. Uh, it's going to be it's two really, really good teams in uh, two good districts. And so um, we'll, we'll be there, though, watching. All right, Coach. Uh, go ahead, Ward. Coach, even feel like you're surging right now and, and playing maybe the best basketball of the season at this point in time, which is what you want to do. How important is it for your team not to get ahead of his skis? Take it one quarter at a time, one possession at a time. Uh, it's huge. I mean, that's what we, we preach. It's written on our board right now in the locker room. Um, really, you cannot worry about what happens next or what happened last. You've got to be in the moment and worry about um, you know this possession right here. So we're not going to look down the road. You know, We're going to see who our opponent is tomorrow um, or to, later tonight and see who the next opponent is, and we're going to worry about them, and then we'll see what happens after that. Hey, Coach, thanks. We appreciate your time. I uh, wish you the best of luck uh, later this week when you take on either Crockett or Rogers, and uh, we appreciate your time this morning. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Y'all be good. You bet. That is Matt Jackson, the uh, head coach of the uh, Lorena Leopards. I, I just thought it was, you know, they struggled, obviously. I mean, they've got four or five guys, and, and you know, what do you do? You're, you're, you're a 3A, and you're, you're you know, you, look, <laughs> they play football, then they go play basketball, then they go play baseball. You know, it, that's just kind of how it rolls at that level. And, and you know, they're, they're playing games. They're playing in tournaments. They're hosting their tournament all along. The football program is is in 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 the process of winning a state championship, so I, I just think it, it was just the, that dynamic was very very interesting to me. I think it also speaks volumes to the culture that really Coach Biles has established Amen. over there at, at Lorena, because I mean we have a handful of programs in our area that are consistent boys girls across the board athletically you know academically. Lorena happens to be one of those programs, and they 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 do it elite. I mean they're at an elite level. Yeah, I, I think Ray probably told Matt, hey, go play and see what happens. Yeah. And, and you know, and when we're done, they'll, they'll be ready for you. And, you know, they probably won a state championship. And then Saturday morning, you're in the gym. <laughs> you yeah, exactly. know how it goes. I yeah. mean, so, and, so you look at their record, you go, okay, 21 to 13. But when you really look at what is their record once they got, you know, got the kids back in the middle of December. So, uh, you know, they, they were very dominant in their district uh, and, and, and won last night by 19. I mean, uh, it's, a good, it's a good basketball team. And, and, and I'm a firm believer. I don't know how you guys feel. Ward, I think you, you'll agree with me. But I think winning breeds winning. I, I think that's part of the culture. You know, when you look at a, at, at a, at a, at a place where, you know, you, you're constantly and consistently winning in one sport, you'll also look up – and see other, for example, for example, I look at I look at Crawford. Mm -hmm. You know, and you look and you go, "What well, man? They didn't play that many games." Well, it's because the sport right in front of them went deep. I mean, they constantly go deep in everything that they play. 
But I think winning breeds winning. Would, would you agree with that, Ward? There's no doubt. I mean, it's a culture and it's, a, it's a, an identity that you have. And the other thing about it, you mentioned it. You're, you're sharing athletes, and coaches love multi-sport athletes because mm-hmm. yes. they can compete in different levels and, and do different things and compete all year long, and that competitive juice keeps flowing all year long in different situations, and that's why they're successful year in and year out. You know, it's funny you bring that up. It, it used to be, and, it, and it, it's secular, I mean, it used to be everybody played everything. Then they decided, oh, well, no, no, we got to specialize. And now they're, it's, it's going back the other way because I think people are realizing – you know, the, there, there's no sub. First of all, there's no substitution for competition. No, you can practice till the cows come home. There's no substitution for competition, and, and that's part of it. And then the other part is, it, every sport asks you to do something different and, and trains you mentally and physically to do something different. And I think it helps you in the other sports. It does. I also think the biggest one of the the biggest things that's helping Lorena tremendously was the drop to three A. I mean, they were always solid, really good in the mix in the four A, and they still play that competition. You heard him talking there about mm-hmm. you're playing six A, you're playing five A teams, but when you're used to playing La Vegas and China Spring night in and night out, and then now you get to go down a classification, it definitely helps. There's no question. So uh, they win, and they'll get uh, either Rogers or Crockett. It is uh, eight sixteen. We're sixteen minutes. After 8 o'clock, this is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward and Garrett, we're glad you're with us. And uh, we want to talk a minute about our friends over at the Brokerage House. You can sell your home in five days. That's right. The Brokerage House guarantees that they're going to sell your house in five days or they're going to buy it for you. That's right. They're going to buy it from you if they don't do it. And they're going to buy it from you at a price that you agree upon prior to listing your home. The uh, Brokerage House uh, is uh, your connection to buyers from around Central Texas, but also they've got uh, they've they've got buyers coming in nationally and internationally. The Brokerage House and Aaron Ryan have a proven marketing system that is known to generate offers above market value as well as multiple offers for your home. If you want to know more about it, go to five days to sow.com. That's the numeral five. Five days to sow.com, or you could call Aaron at 817 812 2978. That's 817 812 2978 to learn more. It is the Brokerage House. Join us live from Rudy's in Waco for our next Baylor Coaches Show. Join us March 3rd live from Rudy's and hear from softball coach Glenn Moore and men's basketball coach Scott Drew. Join us for the Baylor Coaches Show from 6 to 7 p.m. live from Rudy's on the Circle in Waco with your host, John Morris, right here on your home for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Another very warm day here in our area with clearing skies and highs topping out at 83 degrees. Tonight, a very strong cold front moves through. We'll see increasing clouds dropping to 42. And tomorrow, mostly cloudy skies. On again, off again, rain with highs hovering in the upper 30s. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. At ASCO, we don't spend time getting ready, we are ready. That's what it means when we say we're on it. We're on it with dedicated service and support, rentals, sales, and delivery. We're on it with case construction equipment, equipment that's powerful, efficient, and dependable. 
case equipment that can dominate a job site, endure the elements, and be up and running whenever you're ready to finish the job. At ASCO, we're on it, whatever it is. 54th District Judge Susan Kelly here. Over a year ago, I survived a rigorous application process in which I competed against other serious qualified candidates. After a thorough vetting, Governor Greg Abbott appointed me to the 54th and now endorses me because I apply the rule of law and deliver justice for all. A conservative Republican, I have managed to move the docket this past year, ensuring that every accused receives justice and if convicted, receives swift and proper punishment. Early voting has started. Please vote and keep Judge Kelly. Political ad paid for by Susan Kelly from a Clinton County Judge campaign. If you've ever ordered food for work, you understand it's different. There's just so much more at stake. Whether it's a meeting, a client call, or lunch with the office that has to arrive at the actual lunchtime, food for work has to work. That's why there's Easy Cater, food that's on time and as ordered from over 82,000 restaurants. And if there's a problem, rare, you can reach someone in seconds. Thank you for calling Easy Cater. Some food just doesn't work at work, but Easy Cater just does. Order 24-7 at easycater.com. Bring on the bragging rights. Watch the PGA Tour's best golfers compete head-to-head, shot-for-shot. Are you kidding me? 112 matches, 64 players, one champion. WGC Dell Technologies Match Play, March 23rd through 27th at Austin Country Club. Tickets on sale now at dellmatchplay.com. Unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for all occasions can be found at Appaloosa Trading Post, Rodeo Pond. You'll find a nice selection of metal art and wall decor items for your home or office. Western art and pictures, purses, Talavera pottery, lamps, boots, hats, crosses made from metal resin, and Montana silversmith items. Financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118-222462. It's the world's best Western store, Appaloosa Trading Post, Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco. Uncle Dan's Barbecue and Rib House is one of Waco's longest, continuous, family-owned barbecue restaurants. Since 1978, Uncle Dan's has been offering delicious ribs made from scratch sides, the famous Texas tater, and prime beef brisket. Convenient drive through windows and sit-down dining allow customers to be served in whichever way they desire. Uncle Dan's is proud to serve Central Texas Monday through Saturday with locations in Waco and Hewitt. Come visit the loyal staff at Uncle Dan's today and experience their rich history and family recipes. Now, back to the Alan Samuel Studios. All right, welcome back into the program. This is game time here on this Tuesday morning from your flagship station for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. We've got... uh, We've got Greedy coming up at 9 o'clock this morning, and then uh, at uh, 3 o'clock this afternoon, it'll be the John Morris Show, and uh, and then at uh, 4 o'clock, we will roll with the Matt Mosley program here on ESPN Central Texas. All right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Jawan Howard situation, uh, uh, Ward. Uh, and again, first of all, there was a lot of debate yesterday, and I was a little surprised by it, quite frankly, but there was a lot of debate yesterday whether or not the Juwan Howard punch or slap, whatever you want to call it, it looked like a closed fist to me. But anyway, just that whole scenario, do you feel like 
not that they should have. I'm not asking that. I'm not asking if they should have. I'm asking, do you feel like that was a fireable offense? I, I really do. I'm, I'm surprised. Um, well, I, I'm not shocked, my, but my, I'm a little. Mike my, my Greenberg basically said, you're crazy if you think that's a fireable offense. Well, well that's his opinion. That's his opinion. I, 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 I don't know that it's. I just I think that you you are setting such a bad example for your for your players. Um, you're not looking good for your university. I think if you're parents of those players, you got to be concerned a little bit. Um, you know that's that was a short fuse. Ooh, you know. So I. I, to me, it's a fireable offense. It just is. I, you just don't put up with that. And, you know, look, we're going to go down the road in a different direction. But, again, it, they have their own right to say, hey, look, we're going to handle this in-house and we're going to do it our way. And, and, and I respect that. <laughs> and I think that there's other places that probably should do that and other places that probably should have done that. So this is, this is the second time now that uh, – Coach Howard has had a problem. He had a problem with the Maryland coach at, during the uh, 2021 uh, Big Ten tournament where they got into a uh, an altercation and a, a heated argument where there was an ejection. So, I mean, this is not the first time it's happened. I, it, look, you could do whatever you want to do. I mean, and, and that's, the, you know. Absolutely. And If you're asking if I was the AD and my head coach did that, would I fire him? Yes. I'm, so here's my other question. If you're the AD – do you stick your head in the sand and let the conference handle it, which is exactly what Michigan no. did? No, I and, do not. And it's kind of what Wisconsin did, quite frankly. I mean, so uh, Juwan Howard gets suspended for the final five games of the regular season and gets fined forty grand. Wisconsin coach Greg Gard is fined ten grand. The Wisconsin AD says we feel like this is a Wisconsin violation and not a Greg Gard violation, so we're going to pay the fine for him. So. Uh, and then you read the Jawan well, Howard. There's, there's no surprise in that. And look, somebody will pay it for Howard too. Either Michigan or one of the NIL guys will pay that. <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, and, and maybe, and maybe it's, I just, it's an think, awful look. That that's exactly right. That's where I was going. Uh, you could, at the end of the day, you could say anything you want to. But when you the, the picture I still have is not him swinging, but the picture I have is is two young men in uniform having to peel their coach off of the the altercation. You, normally, in 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 Garrett and I were talking about this uh, either this morning or yesterday. Normally, when when something like this happens, the picture you have in your mind is the coach running out there and, and separating the players, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's the darn players that are separating the coaches. What a horrendous look, in my opinion. And, and, you know, so what do you do? Well, you do, you know what, we're going to let the league handle this. Uh, I, I just, it, I think it, that's a bad look on it, you. It is. I think, I, th I think Michigan handled this poorly. I honestly believe Wisconsin handled this poorly. Well, I look, again, I, I don't need my head coach throwing haymakers. Nope. Just don't. Period. And it's not going to, you know, that's, that's I, I'm going to draw the line and I'm going to say, look, we had a good run, but you're done and go a different direction. It's not like he's playing for a national championship. They're fighting to get in the tournament. Yes. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, 
And, and how does this affect the selection committee, or does it? I know you're not supposed to look, but come on. The committee they're human. They're human. They're human. Yeah. I mean, if they're on the bubble, they're not going to get in. I mean, are we the only dudes that think, hey, this is a really bad situation? And, and you know, and look, if you feel like five games is – I think the Big Ten did what they felt like they needed to do. My only question is why didn't why didn't the the athletic director at Michigan or the president or the chancellor or somebody step up and go uh uh-uh. uh because they didn't want to clearly bottom line they didn't, didn't, they didn't, didn't want to they've honest I, I get, I'm going to assume they didn't feel like it was a fireable offense and I respectfully disagree I think I'm not saying you fired Juwan Howard I'm saying it is a fireable offense what the, the conduct that he and again, it's everywhere. It's on television. I've seen it five times this morning while we've been doing this radio program. Mm-hmm. I've seen it on Twitter. I, I, everywhere you look, you see Juwan. And you know what? It ain't going away anytime soon. You think if they get in the tournament, what's going to be the oh, talked about during the game? Absolutely it is. Absolutely I mean, it is. It'll be his first game back. Absolutely it is. So, so it'll be the biggest story again in basketball. If you want to chime in, we, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and, again, you may totally disagree with us, and that's 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 totally fine. I mean, there is no right or wrong answer in this thing. It's simply your opinion. Uh, 254-662-1660 is our CNC Collision Center text line. 254-662-1660. There is a difference in defending your players and acting a fool. But he clearly was not defending his players. That was between two grown men in not, not agreeing on how the final 14 seconds should have played out. Bottom line, Period. he got butt hurt. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. In the final, it was two grown men arguing over the, how the final 14 seconds of that basketball game played out. And, and if you were watching the which, Baylor game. Which like, Wisconsin had some young kids on the floor. They were runs. about to run. They were about to run out of time clock. You call a timeout. The time clock gets reset. And it gives you an opportunity for these kids to have a learning moment. Nothing wrong with that. I don't care what the score is. Nothing wrong with that. And if you want to just dribble it out, quit pressing. Quit pressing. And if you really, really don't want that to happen to you, don't get your butt handed to you by 15. That's right. So there's just – it was a bad look, a total bad look, and that bad look is going to cost him five games in 40K. And that's the end of it. And then they'll move on. So there you go. All right, uh, eight. But you know, the first thing I heard yesterday by Mike Greenberg uh, was, "You're crazy if you think it's a fireable offense." Well, again, maybe, his maybe, and maybe I am crazy, but I think it's a fireable offense. It's just that simple. I mean, I don't know that I want somebody representing me going around conducting themselves like that. And I understand. And I get that everybody makes mistakes, and sometimes you deserve a second opportunity. But then there's sometimes you cross that line, and there's no going back. And, and I just think that that look yesterday was uh, w- was ugly. And, and so uh, uh, that's just my thought. All right, let's go to the phones, 254-662-1660. Michael is on line one. Michael, what's your thoughts? Hi, I would like to respect your time, so I'll be swiftly. Uh, number one, Jawan Howard should have never pressured on the last 15 seconds. Uh, number two, he should be suspended. Number three, he should not be fired. Uh, number one, uh, uh, the Wisconsin head coach should have gotten a, a game suspension because he instigated it when he put his hands on Jawan because Jawan was going to keep going. He shouldn't have just got a, a fine. He should have been suspended for a game. He didn't lead by example with his team uh, neither. 
but uh, Jawan Howard should have never uh, pressured on the last 15 seconds. Uh, and a lot of this stuff could have been um, uh, bypassed. And so uh, both, both head coaches did a poor job of leading by example. And so uh, those are my thoughts on it. But to me, I don't think he should be fired. Right. Uh, he, this, this is his second uh, suspense. And if he get another one, he needs to be fired. But uh, because I've seen so many college coaches make terrible decisions that are not fired. And I mean terrible decisions. And so with due, all due respect, that's just my opinion. No, no, no. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I don't disagree with anything you said. I, I, I'm just telling you, I think for me, after knowing what he did in, in the Maryland situation last year and what happened this time. But, you know, you're right. Greg Gard is not innocent in this thing. I mean, he should not have. I mean, once Juwan tried to push on through, he should have let it go. You know what? He And, and I think it was Jay Williams this morning, Ward, that, that said, hey, look, when they got to the locker room, they could have had an SID run next door and go, hey, look, coach wants to talk to you and kind of explain his situation and see if he even would respond and come out, and, and, and they could have talked in the tunnel away from everybody. I mean, so there's fault for everybody. But at the end of the day, you just can't take a swing. You can't do that, and you can't have your players peeling you back to prevent you from going back into the fray after you have backed off, and that's what you had there. Uh, if they would have suspended Greg Gard for one game or two, I wouldn't have had a problem with that because he was at fault. He's not innocent by any stretch of the imagination. Do you agree or disagree? No, I agree with that. I mean, it was a it was a bad bad look on both of them. He shouldn't have tried to stop him and and try to explain himself in that situation. I'm sure that Howard said something that was not arable for us or anybody else uh, to him, and that's why he put his hand up and said, "Hey, wait a minute, let me explain this to you." I, I'm sure that there was a little bit of a colorful mm-hmm. language being said, and that's oh. why he stopped and said that. But it's still no excuse. You just you just giggle when he cusses you out and walk on by and let it go. Um, it, I you know it, it's bad for both of them. Yes, he probably he should get a game as well. I agree with the caller. Uh, but in my opinion, if that's my head coach, I still fire him. All right, Jeff uh, from the CNC Collision Center text line. I agree with the caller. Other coach should have gotten one game suspension due to uh, grabbing uh, Howard first. Grumpy old fan on our CNC Collision Center text line. The man, I like this actually. The uh, biggest problem is the unwritten rules aren't written down, and your unwritten rules might be different than my unwritten rules. And you know what? There's, no doubt, there's there's truth to that statement. Uh, no question about it. Uh, I even heard yesterday. This is how asinine this gets sometimes. I heard yesterday. Well, do you think we ought to we ought to end the 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 handshake Don't at the end? Yeah, of the game? I know Are where you're you going. Stop. That's me. insane. How many millions of handshakes have occurred from from little league basketball through the NBA this season without that crap going on? Okay, it, it that is a prime example of we're too soft of society nowadays, and I'm sorry, but we are. No, I agree. Wholeheartedly agree. But, you know, so here's how you – so you want to fix stupidity by eliminating something that has been a life – that has been a tradition. Don't be so soft. Are you kidding me? It, it, you're telling somebody that you played a good game, and that's what that line is supposed to be about. Hey, you played a good game. We'll see you next time. Whatever. And, and now that two, two guys act a fool, you want to – let's eliminate that. Let's shake hands, you know, uh, you know let, we, we can do an air high five from across the court. Are you kidding me? Really? Dumb. Come on, man. Uh, Send our kids to school in bubble wrap. 
you got two guys acting a fool. It, it, it's that it's that simple. All right, uh, eight thirty-five. We're twenty-five away from nine. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. We're going to snoop around and see if we can't find the latest on Major League Baseball. Are you starting to sweat it a little bit? No. You think by the end of the week we're good? Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it next, right here on ESPN Central Texas. Recently on the John Moore Show. Chris Level, our guest, Texas Tech Sports Network. Has this year been, it seems like, more of a meat grinder than we've ever had in the Big 12? A thousand percent. Yeah, I, I feel like the referees aren't calling as many fouls. I feel like every night is a rock fight because I think teams are struggling to score it, it, because the defenses are so good. John Morris, weekdays at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Each new year brings a renewed sense of resolve to live life better, which means it's a great time to talk about the state of your personal wealth. I'm Joe Kaleo. If you'd like to start the year with a more robust wealth strategy, we'll help you find new opportunities to meet your goals. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. I'm Josh Tetons, and I'm running to be your district attorney here in McLennan County. I'm a proud graduate of both Baylor University and Baylor Law School, a dad, a husband, and a member of Glory Bell Church in Waco. You will always know where I stand on the issues. I oppose defunding the police and support law enforcement. That's why I'm proud to be endorsed by Sheriff Parnell McNamara, the Waco Police Association, and the Sheriff's Law Enforcement Association of McLennan County. My 15 years as a criminal defense attorney have given me the experience necessary to protect and defend our cherished Constitution from the radical liberals who want to destroy it. The most important job in my life is being a father of three and a devoted husband. Just like you, I want safer streets for my kids to play on, hardened criminals to be locked up, and drugs to be taken off our streets. It's time we do better. It's time we support law enforcement. I'm Josh Tetons, candidate for McLennan County District Attorney, and I approve this message because it's time for a change. Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they'll also come to you for car pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty. CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville, at cccollisioncenter.com and on Facebook. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. ESPN Radio Sports Center. 
I'm Lars Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Ruth Toft Innovations in Central Texas. Call 254-730-ROOF at 730-7663. Putting your roof above everything else. Baylor improved to 23-5 with a 66-64 overtime win at Oklahoma State. The Bears host Kansas this Saturday. Michigan basketball coach Juwan Howard has been suspended five games and fined $40,000 for punching a Wisconsin assistant coach after a 15-point loss to the Badgers. Lorena opened by district with a 67-48 win over Mildred. Conley, West, Marlin, and Crawford also advanced to the boys' area round. Bad weather expected on Wednesday has caused Baylor and UTA to play their softball game in Arlington today at 6. Baylor baseball is on the diamond in Waco tonight against Houston Baptist at 6.30. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Now, back to the Allen Samuel Studios. Tom Ward Garrett, this is Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas. Glad to have you with us on a Tuesday morning talking sports with you and talk a little Major League Baseball this morning. Ward, you feel you 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 feel optimistic and and I'm excited about that. I mean, why do you feel so optimistic? Because they're meeting every day. Because they're they're together. They're meeting every day, and they're not going to leave that much money on the table. They're just not. They're, they're in Jupiter, Florida, where the uh, where the Marlins and the Cardinals share a a uh, preseason home, and they've done a couple of things. I mean, owners propose to add five more million to the new bonus pool for pre-arbitration players, bringing the total to twenty million. The league also offered to determine uh, the first four picks in the amateur draft by lottery, and not three. I mean, small steps. But they still seem to be far, far apart, Garrett, and it's go time. I mean, you know, I don't think you want to get – I don't think you want the clock to get to Friday because they said if you get to Friday and you don't get it done by Friday, then the start of the season is going to get pushed back. I could be wrong on this matter. I just feel like this is a self-inflicted thing for the MLB because when you start paying individual players these ungodly contracts that you're not going to live out, you know, like these – 10-year deals and 200-plus million dollars. There's no room to, to share the wealth. To me, you got to take an approach like football does. Uh, even be like a be a player like Brady. Take a pay cut and leave room to build a team around you. And I feel like Major League Baseball has given more power to their superstars, and it's kind of derailed the entire, uh, the entire sport, in my opinion. Well, I, I, and you may be right. One thing I, I – I, because of not just free agency war, but the way these these things have gone, I mean, you know, one of the things that I look at and, and that never gets addressed is how you've priced the fan, just the everyday fan, out of out of the game. I look, we used to go to five, six, seven Ranger games a season. And and when I went, you know, one of the things that I always said, I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to sit in the nosebleed section, because if I'm going to make that 90 mile drive, I want to enjoy. But you, you now we may go to one because that's what the checkbook says we can do. I mean, at some point, the billionaires and the millionaires have got to look and go, "Hey, the 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 folks that that's affected the most are are the fans." And look, I know that the crowds are still coming. I, I get it. I mean, as long as they do. 
this thing probably will continue on, on this trek. But, man, I just at, at some point, when do you stop and go, hey, look, we've, we've got to help those dudes out. And I don't know that that, that, that day will ever come. They don't come. care. I don't think they care. No. And, and you, that's unfortunate because it, it's going to hurt the sport. Now, look, if they do delay this season, I, I don't know. I'm sure the fans will eventually come back. But it's gonna be it's gonna take a dent because I think the fans, you know, just like it did last time, I mean it took a it took a steroid miracle to bring everybody back. <laughs> no, you're no, you're right. You're 100 percent correct. It took it took cheating in baseball and owners sticking their head in the sand. Uh, Absolutely to, to bring it back. It, it, it would it wouldn't have survived. Right. And, and if you're, I guess if you're the owner and that happens, you move on to something else. But if you're the player, what do you do? Well, you're not going to find anything making that kind of money. No, and and, and at some point you got to you, you got to figure out. Hey, look, y- your sport right now may be number three, just ahead of hockey. Uh, it's behind the NFL. It, it's behind the NBA by a long way. Yes, yes, and, and you're 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 battling hockey for 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 you know for that fan base. And if you're not playing games during the summer then the fans will go find something else to do during the summer. And, and look, the NFL will be back in July, by the way. But you also got to think they're also going to be going up against, and granted, it's new, but it's football. USFL. USFL is here. Did you see what the NFL did, by the way? Uh, no. They got in bed with the XFL. They got in bed with the XFL. The XFL is going to – they're going to try some new rules and, th- and things of that nature right. that the NFL – wants to look at so they're they're gonna they're gonna be the guinea pig for the nfl on some things so yeah the national football league looked at the usfl and went ah we'll fix you well and, I mean, and they went and jumped in with the xfl well i think you have good people running this the, the usfl this time that's going to help with that but it, to me i think that's major league baseball just can't afford to have more competition and i think that's something we're really gonna have to keep an eye on is the counterbalance with the usfl going up against the mlb especially if they're not out on the field It'll make a huge difference because look, you can play, you can talk all you want to about it. it Can baseball beat football at any time? No, it can't, and it's proven here in the state of Texas. It's proven. Look at the attendance for the Rangers, even when you know when they're mediocre. Now, when they were going on their World Series runs, Mm -hmm. it was a different animal. But when they're just you know a good team or a mediocre team. Texas high school football kicks in, guess what? Attendance at the ballpark drops dramatically. Well, yeah, you're in September, and they're 45 games under 500. Even Uh, when they're good, even when they were good, it dropped. It dropped until playoff times. Yeah. Well, again, you're on your 79th, 80, 81st game. and So, yeah, football is going to be king here. But, man alive, you got a great stadium. Uh there's no reason why. And again, they're making money. Make no mistake about it, or they wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't be talking about signing Clayton Kershaw and all that kind of stuff. I mean, come on. My thing is, like, is the TV money that good for baseball? It's different. And again, you go back each, there's, there is a national package with right. ESPN and, and, uh, and Fox, but it's not like the NFL where that is the package because each individual team negotiates their own pack. Look, the Yankees, don't they now own the Yes Network? Oh, yeah, they I have mean, for a long so, time. So, you know, that's – but the, the Rangers are with are, are with 
that was Fox Valleys. Sports Southwest. Valley. Now it's Valley's. So they negotiate that deal. The Colorado Rockies negotiate their deal with, with their, their regional net. Because, look, you're putting all 162 on television. How many of those are, are actually the nationally televised games? Uh, you know, like a handful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because you know, Fox is going to get theirs on Saturday, and uh, th- there's the Major League Baseball Network's got a couple of games, and you know, a week, and uh, and ESPN has Sunday Night Baseball. So there is a national package, but it's not like the uh, and so that's the same way with the NBA, by the way. Right. Uh, it's not like the NFL where that is a collective group negotiating with. All of those, all of those networks. Hmm. I mean, you go get your own, right. if you will, when it comes to TV, your your local regional TV dollars. So anyway, so here's what it says, real quick, and we'll move on. The the National Football League and the XFL will collaborate on select innovation programs to further expand the game of football and create increased opportunities for player development, both on and off the field. The so X- when's the XFL going to start? That's April, fine. I believe. That's a fine question. I think it's April. Well, that's USFL. XFL oh, is a whole XFL. different animal. So They're is, not playing there, right now. Are they coming back, too? Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. They're in hiatus right now. Re-found- I thought Rock, they were done. The Re- Rock bought them. Yeah, refounded in 2018. The XFL has its inaugural season in 2020 before the COVID-19 pandemic forced the league to cease operations. Under new ownership led by actor Dwayne, the Rock Johnson, the XFL, is, is uh, slated to resume play in February of 2023, one year from today. They're okay. gonna have two. So go. today's opening day. A year from now, I'm making that up. But no, February 2023. Okay. So, the, but uh, it, it it didn't take long for the NFL to go. Huh. Okay. But we'll help out this league, and you know. So well, I think I if I'm not mistaken, and I don't know for sure, we'll have to go back and look. But I think that previously with the XFL. They were doing some experiments yes, on some they were on some things with how they were going to address extra points and 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 some other reviews reviews and things like that. They were going to utilize that with the XFL before too. So uh, I I don't think that this is something that's extremely brand new, but maybe the NFL is just going to trying to put it out there. I still think the USFL is going to be a lot better than the XFL. Oh, there's no doubt. But I, I still, I mean, every, look, there's only been one league go up against the NFL and succeed, and that's the AFL. And now they've merged. Uh, and, and, you know, so that's how you came up with the mm-hmm. NFC and the AFC. As well organized and as good as the, all these other leagues are, eventually the NFL wins out. I mean, they're the giant. Yeah, I mean, it's just really about the caliber of player. I mean, if you're able to do what they, what the USFL did the first time and get some big name, you know, guys that can't find a home in the transfer portal and everything, then maybe, maybe you can have a better chance. Man, of I'm telling it, you, but I don't know. The USFL once upon a time had some great names from Herschel Walker to Jim Kelly, and I mean, the list went on and on and on. They oh, had, yeah. they had players. <laughs> they had players. All right, it is uh, eight fifty, ten away from nine. This is game time, presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Fiat. Baylor baseball all season long here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. The Bears back in action Tuesday evening at Baylor Ballpark hosting Houston Baptist. 6.15 for the warm-up show, 6.30 first pitch for Baylor Bear Baseball Tuesday. Coach Rod and the Bears all season long here on ESPN Central Texas. 
is here and so is time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They offer 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Call Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate at 254-301-7760 or check them out on the web at UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Vos. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. At UBO Business Services, we understand that digital transformation is the integration of digital technology into all areas of a business, fundamentally changing how you operate and deliver value to your customers. By letting UBO Business Services identify and remedy inefficient paper and email-based business processes, we can help your organization grow by 20 to 30% without adding any additional headcount. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. Come out this weekend and catch the big basketball game at Coach's Smoke. Coach's Smoke is a sports bar and restaurant downtown at the corner of 4th and Austin with a full bar, 35 big screen TVs, and specials like $3 off nachos and happy hour all day. Coach's is the place to be. Join your fellow sports fans in watching your local college team play in one of the biggest games this season. Coach's Smoke opens at 11 a.m., so come join us before the game. And if you can't get a ticket, come join us for the game. Coach's Smoke, 330 Austin Avenue, downtown Waco on the corner of 4th and Austin. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lars Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Ruth Top Innovations in Central Texas. Call 254-730-ROOF at 730-7663. Putting your roof above everything else. Baylor improved to 23-5 with a 66-64 overtime win at Oklahoma State. The Bears host Kansas this Saturday. Michigan basketball coach Juwan Howard has been suspended five games and fined $40,000 for punching a Wisconsin assistant coach after a 15-point loss to the Badgers. Lorena opened by district with a 67-48 win over Mildred. Conley, West, Marlin, and Crawford also advanced to the boys' area round. Bad weather expected on Wednesday has caused Baylor and UTA to play their softball game in Arlington today at 6. Baylor baseball is on the diamond in Waco tonight against Houston Baptist at 6.30. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Time for the grab bag on Game Time. six away from nine. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. So, what was your big takeaway from today? Do you have one? I mean, we covered a lot of bases. Uh, The NIL talk, I I still, I want to see how this all plays out. You know, everybody has an opinion on it. 
Mm-hmm. Everybody feels pretty strongly about it one way or the other. But I think we all agree that there's no going back. No, I agree with yeah. that wholeheartedly. For you, Garrett? Ooh, man, that despite injuries, Baylor's basketball team, the men, have been played their, in my opinion, their two most impressive games the past two games. I, I could not agree with you more. I, I Look, this is a team that was designed to play one way, and now they're having to play another, and they're still finding ways to win games mm-hmm. and win games on the road. Very impressive. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it's like uh, – Shahan was talking about you win a game in this league, you just want on the road, you just want a quad one game. Yeah, I mean, you did. I mean, it's just that simple. Uh, so for what they did last night and what they did the other day uh, at TCU uh, Saturday at the Ferrell Center, uh, you know, it, really, really impressive. The only thing that, that concerns you in that situation, I would think, is what we talked about at the start of the show. How long can they sustain that right, yeah. with the small rotation no, no, no. they have? Somehow, some way, LJ's got to get back. I mean, they got they to just find, gotta have some more bodies. They got to have some more bodies. I mean, that's it's just that simple. All right, uh, John Morris is coming up at three this afternoon. I'm sure he'll have more on the huge win. Don't forget baseball and softball tonight. Uh, softball over on Cool 101.3. Baseball right here on ESPN Central Texas. That's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Thanks for texting in. We'll see you in the morning at 7 o'clock right here on ESPN Central Texas.